Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's National Feminist Current Affairs programs, produced by women and gender diverse broadcasters at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne on unceded Kulin lands and broadcasted nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Senya. On today's show, we speak with Iranian-born, Nam-based visual artist and fine art photographer Ramak Bamsa about her show, Pro Femina. Pro Femina is currently being exhibited as part of the Ballarat International Photo Biennale at the Art Gallery of Ballarat until the 22nd of October this year. Her show features new works under the title Pro Femina, which comments on women involved in the Iranian uprisings of 2022 as well as selected works of her photograph series, Mustachioed Women and Rhinoplastic Girls. We discuss themes such as Iranian culture and aesthetics, beauty in brutality and brutality in beauty, and Iranian women's resistance and fight for freedom. Let's hear from Ramak. Uh, hello, everyone, and thank you so much for having me. My name is Ramak Bamsar. I'm an Iranian, almost Australian, a visual artist and fine art photographer and um, currently living in Melbourne. It's great to have you on the show, Ramak. Um, so you have two sets of work exhibiting at the Ballarat International Photo Biennale, Pro Feminina and Mustachioed Women and Rhinoplastic Girls. Can you please tell us about the motivation for each of these works and why you decided to exhibit them side by side for this show? The series Mustachioed Women and Rhinoplastic Girls, I created that series in 2022. And um, I was finishing my Master in Fine Arts at RMIT and my focus was for two years was on uh, the women's body and the concept of beauty. I was always questioning myself about what's the feminine beauty and why we have certain criteria about um, the women beauty and what's that concept about and that's the discovery uh, in culture history uh, uh, to like exploring the meaning of that and at the same time mustachioed women refer to the patriarchy and control and the power of patriarchy and how patriarchy control women's body in so many ways uh, in that series, I questioned the, uh, the surgeries or, you know, in back in Iran, for example, the nose job is such a big thing and it's still women, so many women go through that uh, surgery to change their face. And that manipulation for me, I was delve into the roots of that, why exactly this happening. And then... I was showing the series during 2022, which Masas hap, uh, Masajina Amini's this happened. And that was such a turning point to continue to create because to me, telling a story of this Iranian women wasn't finished. And I was feeling strongly I have to continue and create a new series in which called Profemina because for me, they both of them about controlling body. In mustachioed women, we see how women, um, you know, under pressure, 
of men and the male gaze changed their bodies, what's happening to these beautiful bodies? And now we see women's struggle in the streets of Iran and they rape, they torch, and they have been killed just because of having freedom. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I know that just recently on the weekend, on the 16th of September, was the anniversary of, um, you'll have to correct me on the pronunciation, um, Mashna Amina's death? M- Mahsa Gina Amina. Masha Gina. Yes. Yes. Um, so uh, I feel like, yeah, is there anything that you'd want to say in terms of that work in relation to um, her death? Uh Actually, definitely, because that was the turning point for me to start pro-femina. You know, when women walk in public in Iran without mandatory hijab, knowing they can be uh, beaten and arrested for this act, that is bravery for me. I want to honor those women who choose to rebel against the operation uh, and standing up for uh, human rights. I I really wanted to capture the moment of women's struggle for finding the way to reach freedom. And uh, so I started to do that series uh, because, you know, as I said, uh, we see in social media, some of these images and footages, they get really viral. When I saw individual women standing up against enormous brutal system of uh, uh, Iranian government, I was amazed by the, their boldness and courage, and I wanted to capture that within in my art. So Profemina is the moment of death, you know, when, if I'm going to visually explain it for you, what's the, specifically these four images about, imagine you walk into the gallery and you see four large photographs on the wall. So you may think they are paintings, but as you go closer, you see real people in front of painted backdrops. These four scenes are all dramatics and intense. They are death scenes. They they are a moment within the life is ended. And uh, in some of them, there is blood. But again, if you look closer, it's not blood. It's, uh, it is a red glitter sequence and rhinestones. And you may, I suppose you may ask, why is not blood? And the answer for me, I didn't want the crass brutality of photojournalism. I wanted, I always as an artist, I seek and I need uh, beauty. And I wanted to recreate this brutality through a beautiful scene. You speak so eloquently about your work, which makes me very, very happy to hear. Um, and yeah, some of the questions I was going to ask actually touch on the, the blood aspect. But first, I just want to go back a little bit and talk a little bit more about the four um, portraits in Pro Femina. Um, So I was really captivated by how you named each of them as a scene, like scene one, scene two, scene three, scene four. It initially made me think of like films and plays where each scene is crafted out to tell a larger story or how one moment can lead to the next. Um, And in this case, for me, it was like witnessing the consequence of an action, in this case, the violence of Iran's laws on Iranian women. 
um, can you tell us like the um, why you chose those specific four scenes? Yeah, they are. Uh, I should actually mention that this is an ongoing series. So, but the, the four images like presented but by, by art gallery of Ballarat for the first time. So, uh, the name naming the the individual images was a bit challenging because I didn't want I didn't put the name in the way of you know totally represent and explain what it is. Uh, and so I yeah I choose to call them scene one, scene two because they are the moment of a struggle. They really the scene of um, you know, really important, brutal, and special moment uh, in life of these people. And uh, so that was the main reason. And in the other hand, uh, the images I created, in, I, I inspired by um, classic Iranian paintings. You know, in the Middle Ages, we had... Uh, in church, these paintings, beautiful paintings of people in the church and which they are inspired from Bible and the life of Jesus. And we have the same thing in Iran in our painting, which calls um, coffee house paintings. And this style is all about um, portraying uh, people, life through the through painting to explain the struggle and their battle uh, for reaching freedom. So if I if I want to explain it better, like for me, inspiring with those paintings, in those paintings you have always someone who comes to, because these pictures uh, display normally in the coffee houses, and they actually backdrops. They are not on proper, you know, canvases or something. They just backdrops. And... Uh, even not famous painters, they paint them. And in the coffee houses, they display them for normal people, for pop culture, for those people they don't necessarily are able to read or understand the, the you know, those uh, academic sense of art and being an artist. Or So for them, someone always was in the coffee house and explaining this uh, backdrops for people and tell them the story based on the poetry, based on classic Persian poems. And it was super inspiring. So I try to recreate the same thing, but at the moment in 21st century, because the, the, those stories all belong thousand years ago from different poems and poets, especially the poems from Ferdowsi, He's, um, he's one of the oldest and famous poets in Persia, and uh, his book calls um, The Book of Kings. I inspired by that, and I started to paint the backdrops by myself and um, to create that kind of imaginary and, you know, the epical sense of those paintings. I didn't realize that they, they were painted by you. So I was like, wow, you've really got a hand in all of it, not just photographing the people, but actually creating the whole set of it. For me, I always, as I said, I always see beauty in art. 
why I create art is to uh, find beauty within brutality or even brutality within uh, beauty. That's that's the reason I think generally I, I, I make art and um, it's, it's in all of my images, not just this series. But in terms of creating these backdrops, it uh, was such a challenging thing. The main reason I did it because, you know, these days with this um, artificial intelligence and everything, you can create whatever you want. But the point is, they are not. That's not human uh, creation, and that that became such an important thing. I wanted to um, create something really authentic and um, to tell my story without using anything artificial or you know, even um, using Photoshop, uh, even I'm really good in using Photoshop, maybe I could create those backdrops with manipulating the images and put them in backdrop, but I didn't want that. I think it gives the the whole series and images another layer of understanding the condition and um, my psyche and my message I, I, I like to pass to the audience. On community radio around Australia, you are listening to Women on the Line. You've been hearing us chat with Nam-based Iranian visual artist and photographer Ramak Bamza about her show Pro Femina, featured at the Art Gallery of Ballarat as part of the Ballarat International Photo Biennale. Let's continue to hear from Ramak. Given that you started working with a particular kind of, looking at a particular kind of beauty in the series that you did in 2022, The Mustachioed Women. Um, what did you kind of discover in that process of um, doing a whole master's on on that topic of, of beauty? Yeah, I, I started my master kind of during the COVID started when, when pandemic happened. So honestly, it gave me a really good chance to delve to my you know, vulnerabilities and understand what I really like to create in art. And um, as a result, I ended up, uh, I guess, what I'm doing now, and I started to do, to be honest to myself, and tell this story and don't um, kind of uh, be worried about the judgment or what people think about uh, the images or even, because I understood this is my unique story and this is, true or false this is what I felt what I experienced and I wanted to portray that and that's really important for me with mustachioed women uh, it it was the images created based on my um, memories and experience as an Iranian woman who lived in Iran for 30 years I used to be a wedding photographer for such a really long time in Iran which gave me a great understanding of culture and uh, Iranian culture and dilemma and conflict within within a culture so to me I see the I see the culture I grew up with with so many dilemmas because we grew up in such a dictatorship environment and that impacted on women and their concept of their their understanding of their bodies so creating those characters, those women, uh, I actually delve in history. I brought Iranian women from 19th century and um, 
I put women from, I mean, contemporary Iranian women uh, next to them. And it was for me such a conflict between seeing those images from 19th century, getting familiar with the concept of beauty, and seeing these women in 21st century with 100 something years gap, we still do the same thing. The criteria, they change about beauty. They, um, I think, I guess these days, not just in Iran, the concept of beauty or femininity or controlling women's body, of course, is still 100% there, but is changed and it's just happening in another way. But the, the core of uh, brutality and uh, inequality is still exactly the same and nothing changed. So uh, comparing those images from 19th century with contemporary Iranian women, I think give the audience uh, the sense of uh, uh, how is brutal, what women can go through for sake of the male gaze. And I see it in my point of view, I see it directly from the male gaze. Um, you know, I see so many friends and family members, they just go through the surgery to be the same as uh, other women because the, the concept of beauty presented like that, you know, having this small nose, be a slim, you know, uh, if I'm going to talk about Iranians' concept of beauty, like big eyes, small nose, big lips, which is basically coming from social media and Kardashians. they all the same with the little change in different countries and different places. And confronting that, I think um, that's what I try to do in those series. I actually use one model to create two images, the contemporary and the historical images, to visually give people a chance to compare a person in different situation, how they can be different, how you can, which one is, and, and, and asking them to question themselves, okay, now what's, what's, what's beauty? Is this beautiful or this one is beautiful? What's, you know, confronting that concept is such a joy for me to ask my audience and involve them in my story. Is that the one where there's the woman holding the guitar, um, like an electric guitar, and then the other instrument? Yeah, one of the images which is showing at Art Gallery of Ballarat is the woman with guitar and the pair, she's actually uh, holding her instrument and sitting down in like a, a, a classic histor historical woman sitting down. they both same uh, person and... Um, I did it in whole series. But the images you see in Art Gallery of Ballarat is, as I said, is a mix of uh, mustachioed women and profemina and curated by Julie McLaurin. And we decided to do that because to me personally, it was the continuous of a story of mustachioed women. Because if I was stopping at that point with mustachioed women, I was feeling... You know, I wasn't. I, I didn't feel right with the with uprising happening in Iran last September. I was feeling I have to do something. Uh, it's not a whole honest story. I want to continue the story with uh, what's happening now. This is these women 
Iranian women, which I depict in Mustashid women, but what they're doing now is so different. This uprising with the slogan, Woman, Life, Freedom, is so universal. It's not specifically for Iranian women. It's a message to whole world to respect, you know, individual rights and <laughs> human rights. And so uh, that was my initial decision to create the series and continue it. Yeah, I also um, read that there, like, it's not just been women who've been involved in the, the protests, but also young girls as well. And I guess, like, because of the nature of the internet, like, things going viral, images going viral very quickly. So, yeah, different generations are kind of catching on. Would you, do you have anything to add to that or speak to that? Yes, the, uh, that's that's the significant thing about this movement, because everyone involved in this uprising, women, as you mentioned, young girls, teenagers, and of course men, they're supported, these Iranian women. And um, yeah, it's just, I would say, it's just amazingly and surprisingly beautiful. The act is so beautiful, but the, the, the reaction to that act is super brutal. If I have time, I want to just explain one of the scenes which is the first scene in Profemina. And it's, if you remember, the first scene in Profemina, it shows uh, two women. Uh, one woman is holding the other young girl. And um, that's actually a straight reference to the death of Neda Agha Sultan. Neda Agha Sultan was a, an Iranian student who killed by a security guard in 2009 in Iran during the Green Movement. Green Movement, it was another uprising uh, in Iran, which again, unfortunately, thousand people killed by government. And the way he, um, she, the way she killed in middle of the street, she was really nicely protesting. She gets shot in her neck and people captured that moment. People took the photos, people, with, you know, this, uh, the, uh, the citizens, and I really like that, the citizens' journalism, which gets viral. The, the footage of that scene, of this, of Nidara Sultan, I think one of those scenes, none of Iranians, they, until this, they, not, they are not going to forget, and they are not going to forgive. It's such an intense scene. You see a, you see a woman, a human, dying in that way, so brutal and struggling for life. And the first scene in Profemina is a recreation of Nidara Sultan. And the backdrop I painted is um, one of the streets in Tehran, which she actually passed away in that street. And um, I, yeah, back, back to doing backdrops, I couldn't do it here in Australia. You know, my initial idea was to take my models outdoor and take the photos, but it wasn't possible with this unique and beautiful landscape and nature of Melbourne and Australia. So I ended up to create that because I think that's a, that's a really good impact on audience to uh, uh, understand and delve in into the layers of the image. Uh, so yeah, I created that 
you know, the scene of that, that, that street which she passed away. Thank you so much. Um, I just have uh, one more question. Um, what's been the reception from the people you photographed as well as the wider Iranian community here in Nam and beyond? The girls and women I photographed, they just been, they, they were from Iranian community and um, I'm not normally using models as, I mean, models, professional models to take photos. And it was so important for me to take, uh, to uh, collaborate with women that really and truly uh, care about Iran, you know. So these women are feminists, they are activists, and they truly uh, know and involved in what happened and what's happening in Iran. So uh, it was such a pri pri privilege to work with these women. They, I had a great feedback from them. They were so happy to involve, as I was super happy to involve and collaborate with them. Uh, and I would say the, these days I'm really grateful because uh, I'm getting messages and emails from people, um, not just necessarily Iranian community, um, Australians, they, and they say they received and they you know, emotionally involved in this story. And to me as an artist, that's a massive thing. That's the best award I can get ever because I create art to express myself and get connection, connected to people. And when you see, they receive it and they understand. It's such a massive, amazing feeling. I had, I had few people, when they had a chat with me, they truly cried and they couldn't stop crying. And this is because I believe uh, through art which, with visual elements and with composition, juxtaposition, you can pass the message to audience and they are not necessarily need to be educated or knowing about art because I'm not create art for educated people. I'm here to create art for human and uh, that's why I make it visually accessible, I guess. But I try to put the layers in and um, give the messages with using symbols, elements to, you know, make it not just pedestrian and just make it more complicated, not visually, but in terms of uh, subject matter. And that's all for Women on the Line today. We spoke with Nam-based Iranian visual artist and photographer Ramak Bamza about her show Pro Femina, featured at the Art Gallery of Ballarat as part of the Ballarat International Photo Biennale. You can check out her work alongside many other photo exhibitions by local and international artists until the 22nd of October this year. Visit ballaratphoto.org to check out the full program. Thanks to the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support. The theme music for Women on the Line is by Ripley Cavara. I'm Senya, and tune into Women on the Line next week on your local community radio station. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.